Oh yeah! Yeah! Keep it rolling! No, keep it rolling! Yeah! Dun 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 No, keep it rolling! Why did you stop it? Hello! God damn it, Eric! Welcome to the Questionable for Sunday podcast. I am your host, the Commish. As a victory lap of beating my co-host this week, I will be hoisting the reins, leading us to victory. It's my favorite podcast of the year. For some reason, ever since we started doing the podcast, I have destroyed Eric in all of our fantasy football games, and I love it. And I love winning, and I love coming on right after, switching roles a little bit, taking more of the uh, the driver's seat, if you might. And uh, we have a great show for you guys. Really looking forward to it. Introducing uh, something that we have every time. We have our guest, Jordan Hazari. Welcome, Jordan. Hey, guys. How's it going? Dude, uh... I don't, get, I don't get an introduction. Oh, oh, you're here, Eric. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, don't interrupt the guests. Jordan, how's your season going, my man? Man, my season, you know, second year in a row, it's been a little bit of a rough start, but uh, it's all right. I'm on a two-game win streak, so I actually, uh, aside from right now, the last time I won two games in a row was in 2018, so oh, really? uh, we're, wow. we're trending in the right direction. You love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, I took a quick look at your team. You're two and three on the season. You're unfortunately 10th in points four. Uh, unfortunately for you, Saquon Barkley is out for the year. You took him in the draft for $55. That's got to be a heartbreaker. Yeah, that one stung a little bit. Yeah, it's always tough when you buy one of those top guys and all of a sudden they're just out for the season. I also saw you took Tyreek, who you traded away. Why'd you get rid of him? Because of Saquon, man, I I didn't I needed to to switch strategies a little bit and uh, add some depth. So I felt that I felt like that trade helped me out a little bit. I think it did a little bit too. I also saw that you took Juju Smith Schuster for twenty two dollars, James Conner for thirty three. You also drafted Big Ben. Seems like you're all in on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense this year. How has that been going for you? Uh, not great so far, man. I don't know what's going on with Juju. I, I can't figure it out, man. Ben, Ben's thrown a lot. He's thrown a lot to Chase Claypool. He's thrown a lot to Deontay Johnson. He's thrown a lot to Eric Ebron. Uh, he's just thrown a lot to James Washington even. just He's not throwing to Juju. I don't get it. I don't understand it. So hopefully that changes. Yeah, Connor yeah, I mean, knows all about that. I do, actually. I had him last year. That was, that was a tough one. But, uh, no, it's good to have you, Jordan. And uh, introducing my co-host coming off the 0-1 week, losing to me in uh, fantasy football. It's my co-host, Eric Erickson. How you doing, Eric? Uh, it was a rough week for the squad. Um, some disappointing performances across the board. Um, but, you know, it, it, we're moving on to next week. we got a big matchup this week, Battle of the Bros. Uh, going against Joe, so got my eyes set on that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to let you drive the show, Connor. I feel like, um, uh, you know, switching it up every once in a while, not a bad idea. I can kind of give a different perspective on the podcast and then let you drive it, so I'm all for it. No, I totally understand. And usually after I drive the show, I get all these texts from the league telling me how great of a job I did and how everyone <laughs> wishes I did it every week. But, you know, I tell them, you know, Eric really likes this. It's, let him have it. I'm looking at your team right now, Eric. You are fourth in points scored, uh, and you're sitting at three and two. How do you think your season's going? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of been an up and down season. I've had two really strong weeks and two pretty disappointing ones. Uh, obviously, I suffered a pretty large hit um, going into this last week with Austin Eckler going on IR. Um, but you know, last week you were asking me about that Justin Jackson pickup. I think it, I didn't play him last week, but uh, based off his performance, I feel pretty good about that pickup moving forward. Um, you know, Matt Ryan is my quarterback. Obviously, the first two weeks was was looking pretty solid, but the last uh, three not so hot. Um, but who knows? Maybe with um, good old Dan Quinn getting fired, it kind of gives the the Falcons a, a jolt on offense and it gets them going. Yeah, it definitely seemed like Joshua Kelly was the second back to own at the beginning of the year. But uh, since Eckler has been down, I don't think Josh Kelly's been playing that well. So good, good on you picking up uh, Justin Jackson. Uh, well done, dude. Classic Erickson makes a solid fantasy move. Don't you just hate Jordan? I hate it. Yeah, you hate to see it. You really hate to see it. <laughs> uh, moving forward. So a uh, quick update. Uh, you know, the control freak that he is, my co-host Eric, instead of just posting your COVID-19 backup player in the discord he's created a google sheet uh eric can you walk us through that real quick uh so basically it's a google sheet it has the the four positions uh listed that is quarterback running or no five 
positions quarterback running back wide receiver tight end and defense special teams um you're you have five slots for your position to list a backup then you also have like an overall slot where you can rank your overall top five that way um we can just probably do it every week that way there's no uh guessing between connor and i of how we need to change your lineup um the way things are looking right now with players testing positive and games being pushed around i feel like um, we're going to need something like this just to kind of provide some clarity for everyone's roster. Wow, what a snooze fest that was. Eric, you know, we're trying to lighten up the podcast a little bit, all right? You don't need to dive down into the weeds too much. I don't want to lose Jordan over there. Uh, come on, man. Pick up the pace. So, uh, you know, it's been a pretty solid year, interesting year for fantasy for everyone across the board. We got, we're got we battling from COVID-19. We're battling each other. It's been pretty odd. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately for you guys, because I know you love to hear it, Normally, I'm the one getting mad at something, but this time, we're coming at you with a new segment called Eric's Irked, and uh, apparently, my co-host has some things to say. Yeah, no, kind of along the lines of the, you know, the whole COVID sheet there. I mean, Connor, I don't know how you feel, but, you know, I feel like we dedicate a pretty good amount of time to the league. Do you think, do you think that's right? I dedicate, I mean, I would say, honestly, probably 20 minutes a week. And and you know, on that twenty minutes or however much we decade, I think you know I feel like we got to pat ourselves on the back. You know, I think we're doing a pretty good job, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that I'm probably doing a better job than you, but overall, I think together we're doing pretty well. Jordan, you think we're doing okay? Hundred percent. Yeah. And so obviously this year has been a little bit more difficult, as you're saying, the whole COVID nineteen deal. And so you know we're getting a lot of text messages during the week, and you know we got guys like McCory, Amac. He's texting us like every day, like oh. My players are gonna play. I, what am I supposed to do? My players are gonna be out. The game's gonna be made. And then we got guys like that. You know, he's texting us, Connor, like every single day. What do I do? My defense is gonna be out. Like, like we're supposed to manage his roster for him. And then we got we got guys like Tristan. You know, Sunday morning the games have already started, and he you know pops up into Discord. Oh my God, the Patriots game got canceled. What do I do? I got Tim Patrick playing. It's like, well, take him out and put someone else in, you dumbass. Jesus Christ. How hard <laughs> was it to figure that out? And, you know, the reason I'm saying all this is because not only do some of our fancy league owners need to fig- figure it out, I feel like the NFL needs to figure out what are they doing with this whole COVID schedule. I mean, they have players test positive on team, and their solution is like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to move the game back one day like that's going to do anything like that's going to solve the problem i feel like the nfl they had the most time of any sports league to figure out what their plan was with uh, how they're going to play during COVID, and they're just like well we're just going to do the same thing we always do and now it's kind of fucking them over they don't know what to do we're having like these crazy situations where like teams might have both multiple bye weeks there might be a week 18 we already don't play week 17 so i'm assuming we're not going to play week 18 but who knows at this point I feel like the NFL needs to get it together. Maybe they got to do some kind of bubble or something like that, but they got to figure it out if they want this season to finish. And we all want the season to finish because we want to crown another EEIG champion. Yeah, to be honest, uh, they've really followed the American way of just not having an exit strategy whatsoever. It's been pretty disappointing. And, you know, I think that you look at some of the other sports leagues like the NBA and the NHL, who both did a really good job having a bubble. And I know that's difficult for an NFL team when you have, what, 53 people active every Sunday. You have support staff. You have so many people on the sideline trying to actually get people to different sites. I know it's a mess, but you think that they would have some type of plan ready. The plan seems that they're just going to wing it. And honestly, I respect that. You do. But aren't you yeah, a little worried absolutely. that, like, that uh, this, you know, we might not even get a whole season? Oh, I don't think it's a good idea, but I respect it. You oh, know? Okay, it, gotcha. It's basically me walking to English class in junior year of high school. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I haven't paid attention. I'm just going to wing it, you know? And you know what? Let me tell you what. I earned respect in that class. You'd love to see it. You love to see it. All right, well, that goes with Eric's Irked uh, doing a really horrible impression of me. Uh, everyone, please talk in the Discord. All please right, don't just say last, who you liked more. Last between... week, you were blabbing about some bullshit King Solomon theory. Spencer had to put you in your Not place. Not a theory. Story. Let's get it right. But anyways, let's move on. Oh, okay. oh, thank you for giving us permission to move on. Looking back at week five, you know, it was a very solid, uh, you know, very solid around the week for all of us, whatever the fuck that means. We had a couple of victories, a couple of big victories. Uh, importantly, me, 
I was a victor last week. I beat Eric 139.6, 92.2. Uh, Eric did the classic uh, superstitious, which actually I did the week before, where you text your opponent GG ahead of time. So basically, whenever you do that, the fantasy gods will typically grant you within a couple additional points. Sometimes Not that'll actually time. boost you over the victory. But I saw that you tried to do that, Eric. That's very clever of you. I mean, it was it was pretty in hand. I like at that point, I, I, there wasn't even too much jinxing going on there. Uh, and unfortunately, that's that is actually the case because your team uh, played awful. Jordan, you also are coming off a victory, one hundred one point three to ninety five point nine against Amac. That must have felt good, getting another dub on the board. It did feel good. I I feel like I didn't really deserve that win, but you know, I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. Exactly. See, and and. All I know whenever I look at the standings is that none of us deserve any of this shit, you know? I mean, it doesn't matter what we deserve, you know? I go to the points, most points scored. You know who's sitting at number, what is this, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8. Eighth in points scored is Fresh Prince of Hilaire, and he's 4-1. and one. Oh, and the ninth points scored, Green Mile, he's 4-1. and one. You tell me that these two guys are bottom five trash, points scored, and yet they're sitting at 4-1. and one. There is no fucking goddamn fuck fantasy am i right you're right absolutely 100 degree so i don't mean to i don't mean to take over your eric's section looking at also around the horn we had a really close victory tristan uh 132.6 against chris 129 chris is also putting up points but you really you hate to see you put up 129 you expect to win uh once again i've been calling his praises all year unfortunately and uh, what can you do? Hovey coming out 155 uh, to 123.9, getting the dub over Spencer. Uh, Hovey showing again uh, as the most points scored last week, why he has been a staple in the EEIG. Um, and then finally, last and least, we had Ben, 82.5 over Curtis, 67.4. Curtis drops to 0-5. I got I got to be honest, boys. I really think Curtis is the favorite for the toilet bowl this year. Uh, you're spot on with that one. Yep. Spot on. Yep. I, that's how we do it here at the Questionable for Sunday podcast. We are always spot on. So, uh, hey, let's go over some highlights. Uh, Eric, what did you think was the best part of week five? Uh, I had a couple here. One was that Brandon Cooks Classic. caught eight passes on 12 targets for 161 yards and a touchdown. That's good for 26.1 fantasy points uh, the week after he scored zero. Obviously, the Texans firing Bill O'Brien. Um, was the key to their success there. So I'm curious to see what Brandon does going forward um, with the Saints. Uh, my other highlight, speaking of Brandon Cooks and the Saints, was uh, looking at Ben's matchup against Curtis. Ben had Chiefs D scored negative four points. AJ Green and Mo Alley Cox both scored zero. Deontay Johnson scored 0. 0.3, and he still beat Curtis by 15 points. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. It's tough when uh, your entire bench is on bye, so you have no one else to play. Like, all right, let's just put whoever. Who, if you're playing this game, I'm gonna put you in. All right, hey, uh, hey, Jordan, what do you think is your highlight of Week Five? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Tristan for that big win over Chris. That was a good one. He he had that late inactive with Zach Moss that made it a little interesting, but uh, he's still able to pull out the win. And uh, what did you guys call him earlier? The defense whisperer. That's true. Yeah. yeah, he's he's back at it again with 26 points from the Ravens. That's uh, that's tough to beat. How does he keep getting away with it? You know, the guy just has a knack for finding good fantasy defenses. It's really uh, impressive. If only he could find good fantasy players. Now, <laughs> looking at my week five highlight, uh, just, you know, I was going to say the fact that I destroyed Eric 139.6 and 92.2. That's always fun. What's even more fun is that my bench – would have actually also beat Curtis and Ben this week. My bench scored 90.7 points, and I only had one quarterback on the bench. So uh, my team is on fire. My team is so good, my bench would have actually been the 10th most points scored this week. you got to love it. All right, now we have our Brandon Cooks Award, which is the worst player uh, performance of the week. Eric called it the Brandon Cooks Award and then gave his Week 5 highlight to Brandon Cooks. That's confusing. Jordan, start us off. What was your worst player performance of the week? I'm going with Matt Ryan. Eric brought it up Oof. earlier a little bit, but I don't, I just don't know what's going on with him, man. He uh, started off with two great games, and then he's been trashed since then. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully he can turn things around, but uh, 6.9 points is not going to do it. That is definitely not going to do it. Uh, you think that with the uh, coaching change, you'll see any difference in Matt Ryan's scores in the next couple weeks? We'll see. I mean, maybe. And also, he'll get Julio back, so maybe sure. that'll help. 
Yeah, I right, hopefully, man. Julio, that's too. It's been a, a tough year for Julio. All right, Eric, hit us with your your low light. All right, I got a couple here. Uh, Classic. First of all, I got Amari Cooper, only three point one points. Dallas scored thirty seven points in their victory against the Giants. Uh, you'd expect a game that high scoring that Amari Cooper would be put in some work, but um, just wasn't getting it done. Uh, my other one, Connor, was on your team. Didn't matter, though. Obviously, in your game against me, Zach Ertz, 1.1 points. Uh, the Eagles put up 29 points and lost to the Steelers, and he's not heavily involved. A little bit surprised to see that one. Uh, he still had, uh, that's true. He still had six targets, though, so I wouldn't say he's not heavily involved. Uh, but, you know, it's all right. That's just some uh, advanced statistics. <laughs> Eric, a target is when the quarterback throws the ball yeah, to yeah, a Yeah, whatever. Receiver. Just give us okay. your award. Just, just wanted to make sure you were aware. Next, yeah, exactly. I pay some guy in my mom's basement a hundred bucks. I don't know why he's in my mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, my my low light uh, uh, of the week, the Brandon Cooks Award. Um, I got. I was gonna give it to Eric because he only scored ninety two point two points when my team scored one hundred and thirty nine point six points. So as a, as a manager, Eric, you win my Brandon Cooks Award. Whatever. I wasn't uh, I'm also gonna give it. Scoring. I'm also going to give it to Jarek McKinnon, uh, scoring oh, a bombing 1.5 fantasy points this past week. That's, to that's really tough. Against the Miami Dolphins, who have a stout defense, a history of excellence down there uh, in Miami. Just kidding. Um, also, you know, it's always fun to have some juxtaposition. Looking at my bench, Raheem Mostert scoring 13.4. Uh, ESPN had him projected at 13.4. Kudos to ESPN for nailing that projection. Also, Alexander Madison, 15.1. Wow crazy Alexander Madison it. scored 15.1 <laughs> points Jarek McKinnon's only scored 1.5 that's he Madison yeah, actually he, scored 10 times the points as Jarek McKinnon Eric how do you feel about that uh you know obviously last week I didn't feel great about it with McKinnon there in my lineup I was hoping that Mostert was going to sit out one more game obviously it was a nice matchup there against the Dolphins the 49ers end up getting crushed but Mostert still had a nice game I was hoping that was going to be McKinnon but you know uh, you know, we're not living in the past here with the uh, Wolf of Waller Street. We're moving on. Always good. Hey, Jordan, quick question. If you were to take one one player for the rest of the year, would you rather have Jarek McKinnon or Alexander Madison? And why? Ooh. Okay, before you answer this, let me just say. <laughs> Excuse Jer- me, I was asking our guest the question. I don't care. Uh <laughs> Jarek McKinnon already won me a week with his big performance uh, in my win over Jerry. Um, there's only one person that's beaten Jerry so far this year, uh, and it's me. And that's because of Jarek McKinnon had like 19 points in that victory. So you could fuck off but with I, this question. I thought you just—I thought you just said the the Wolf of Waller Streets don't look in the past; you look to the future, and then you go ahead and talk about a previous. Well, you know, victory. you're just trying to shit on my parade over here. So I'm gonna, you know, step in and interject. But uh, you know, Jordan, the floor is yours. Well, what's the update on Delvin Cook? Is he, he supposed to be out for a while or not? I think he's supposed to be out a week, and then they have a bye week upcoming. Um, I know it's a hamstring injury. I haven't heard anything today. Okay, well, if, if he's out even a week, I'll take Madison over over McKinnon going forward because that's – I mean, you get the starting running back for a solid running team like the Vikings. That's going to get you a solid week. Right. So you tell me you'd rather have the hand. All right, Connor, your one logic of the... is flawed for this trade argument. Let's just, we've 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 harped on this enough. Let's just move on. So you t- <laughs> Jordan, you tell me you'd rather have the backup handcuff to one of the most prolific running teams in the NFL versus the third string slash fourth string running back on the Niners who just lost to the Dolphins. Interesting. That's correct. Yep. That well, I would say that's not a hot take. That's a cool take. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Moving on, uh, as we normally do here at the Questionable for Sunday podcast. We have another new segment for you guys. We're just coming at you with new segments. Just new segment, new segment, new segment, man. We keep it fresh. We keep it fresh. It's goddamn new seasons out here. We're going. We're getting some tomatoes. We're getting some green peppers. We're putting them in a skillet with a little bit of olive oil, you know. We're freshening it up. That's how we do it here. We got a new segment coming at you from Eric called This Week in EEIG History. Uh, well, clearly Connor doesn't pay attention when I'm talking on previous pods because I did this segment last week, so it's not a new segment. But, you know, thanks for the introduction, Con. Very well. Uh, so this this week in EIG <laughs> history, you know, I took a look back at 2018, and that was uh, our guest here, Jordan's championship season. Great year. Uh, great year. And actually, great in, year. in week five of 2018, are we on week five or are we on week six? Oh, actually, terrible year. I, got, I think I got last that year. Whatever week we're on, Terrible. so in that week of 2018, uh, a champion, an unlikely championship preview occurred as me and Jordan dueled head to head. 
And uh, unfortunately for myself, the result was the same. I was Jordan Cruz to a dominating victory, 143.3 to 100.7. Uh, if you're trying to remember who Jordan had that season, uh, much like this year, he went with the Pittsburgh Steelers combo of Big Ben, who finished as QB3, and Antonio Brown. And he also had two top 20 running backs uh, in Philip Lindsay, who I believe he picked up off waivers, and Marlon Mack. And I don't know if he picked him off waivers or drafted him as well, but two a nice little solid pickup there. And uh, looking around the scoreboard from that week, we had the usual stinker from Curtis. He lost to Chris, 137.4 to 72.7. Uh, Ooh, we also, losing to Chris. Can it get worse? We also had a trio of nail biters. Hovey beat Ben, 100.2 to 98.1. Connor, you took down Spencer, 93.2 to 92.5. Oh, I our, remember that one. Our closest matchup, AMAC, edges out Tristan, 101 to 100.8. Wow. And that's this wow, week in EIG indeed. history. Thank you for that. Uh, it, wow, what a what a great start to that segment. Crazy how that's the first <laughs> time we've done that. Um, all right, we also have some uh, fantasy pros projected standing. So actually, it's, I got to talk about this really quickly. So uh, I am a cheapskate. Um, you know, I love going to Walmart and you know buying things, or maybe Costco going in bulk, whatever. I don't pay fifty dollars a a year or whatever it is. Do fantasy pros? I know a couple of you guys do because you guys are schmucks, uh, but whatever. But this year, so I sometimes what I do though is I'll go and I'll upload a team, and then I want to look at a different team, so I have to like delete the team and upload a new one because you for the free version you can only upload and look at one team at a time. This year though, which is really interesting, I went to our team. And there was like download some ESPN extension. I was like, okay, like that's like whatever. So I go in order for me to actually look, I go and I actually download this extension. And then what do you know? It actually shows me who in the league has that attachment or whatever the fantasy bros uh, part of the league, which is pretty enlightening. Looks like at least six or seven of you have a, a used fantasy pro. So because so many of you do, uh, let's go over the uh, projected standings. All right, where are we, are we going from the top, or are we starting with the, the toilet bowl contenders? All right, Jordan, you want to go from the top or bottom? Let's start from the toilet bowl. All right, start looking at the, the bottom. bottom, no surprise here. Uh, Curtis currently sitting at 0-5, uh, projected record by Fantasy Pros of 4-9, and so it's projecting him to go 4-4 four and four the rest of the year. I think even that is a little optimistic there from the Fantasy Pros, um, but so be it. Uh, Chance of making the playoffs. You guys won't take any guesses at what they're saying. What percentage chance Curtis has of making the playoffs? 5%. I'm going to go uh, with 6%. Oh, it was actually 3% uh, on Ooh. set for Curtis. And, uh, nice chance, guess, George. Chance of winning the championship for Curtis, less than 1%. Uh, moving on to number 11, we got... Hey, Spence. Joe, uh, next podcast, give us those betting odds on Curtis winning the championship. <laughs> I might give you a dollar. <laughs> Look at our number 11 here. We got Spencer currently sitting at 1-4. and four. They're also projecting him to finish 4-9, and nine, giving him a 6% chance of winning the playoffs and a less than 1% of taking down the title. I will say that Fantasy Pros doesn't know that we're doing like the 6 spot goes to the highest score, but um, so be it. Oh, so this entire segment's flawed. Okay. <laughs> Looking at number ten, we got Tristan currently sitting at two and three, projected to finish five and eight, giving him an eighteen percent chance of making the playoffs and a clear one percent chance of winning the title. Uh, moving on to number nine, we got Jordan, our special guest here, currently sitting at two and three, projected finish of six and seven, uh, giving you a thirty-one percent chance of making the playoffs and a three percent shot of winning the title. Uh, Jordan, what do you think of those odds? 31% chance of making the playoffs. That honestly seems a little high to me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, not too far off, I guess. <laughs> uh, looking at number eight here, we got the kicker lives matter. AMAC sitting at two and three projected finish six and seven. Uh, moving on up in the projected playoff odds, giving him a 43% chance, 6% chance of taking the title. At number seven here, our last there, our team, last team not making the playoffs. We got Chris currently sitting three and two, projected finish six and seven. Uh, Fantasy Pros gives him a fifty-four percent chance of making the playoffs, six percent chance of taking on the title. Now we're into our top six here. Sitting at number six, we got Hovey Zeros sitting at two and three right now, um, but second in the league in points. His projected finish is six and seven, giving him a fifty-five percent chance of making the playoffs and ten percent chance of taking down the title. Wait a second. Does that mean that Fantasy Pros says that Hovey and Curtis will both go four and four for the rest of the season? Uh, Curtis, it projects to go 
yes, four and four on the rest of the season. So Fantasy Pros is saying that Hovey and Curtis have the same team over the next eight weeks, both going four and four. I mean, yeah, I don't know who they're playing and stuff like that. That's crazy. So, all right, but that all right, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, though. Sorry, someone's just got to talk about the math there. All right, just got to bring it up. It's At number crazy. five, we got yours, Shirley. Currently three and two, projected finish seven and six. Fifty-nine percent chance of making the playoffs, eight percent to win the championship. So uh, it actually gives Hovey a better chance of making winning the championship than I do at this point. Number four, we got Joe, uh, lucking his way into a four and one record. Projected finish eight and five, so it projects him to have uh, the five hundred to finish the year. 76% making the playoffs, 10% championship. Connor, number three, three and two, eight and five finish, 76% chance of making the playoffs. So you got to like your odds there. 14% chance of winning the title. Uh, Connor, what, what are your thoughts? Tula. Uh, sitting at number two, we got Ben at four and one, eight and five finish, 87% chance to make the playoffs, 16% at the title. I think I'd actually take Connor ahead of Ben there, but. Uh, interesting, interesting projected standings here, and obviously number one we got Jerry projected finish nine and four, ninety three percent chance to make the playoffs, twenty five percent chance to win the championship. So it's saying you know one out of four tries Jerry's going to take home another title. Well, I actually think ninety three percent chance to make the playoffs for Jerry is a little low. I think it's got to be ninety eight plus. Yeah. He's four and one. He's got the most points scored. His team's nasty. I don't see how he doesn't make the playoffs, especially with the uh, the fact that if you score the most points during the season, you get at least the last spot. Yeah, I would have to take some injuries on his team to for him to miss the playoffs at this point. True, uh, it's true. Well, hey, the, well, the, uh, anything else you want to talk about fantasy pros? Uh, nope. Uh, so, who actually has your account? Is it you or Joe? Uh, you, you know, we're not just stuck at the hip together. Uh, we, I do have my own account. I have a credit oh. card, so. Congratulations. Uh, it is my account. There you go. All right, well, there you go. Those are the Fantasy Pros projected standings for everyone. Uh, if you were writing those down, um, good for you because we're not going to repeat that. There's a lot of numbers in there. Uh, but it's nice to see that there is another way that we can actually determine who has the better team rather than just talking shit on a random podcast. you love to see it. All right, coming next, we have another new segment we're going to new seasons we're getting some deli mac we're getting some fresh bread yeah can i get some ginger ale with that please thank you we got behind the bets with jordan jordan take it away yeah so with all the uh the action lately on the eeig gambling discord channel thought it might be cool to take a look at some of the more memorable betting moments involving eeig members so uh this will hopefully be a recurring segment uh where i'll talk about a specific bet that two or more EEIG members were involved in, kind of say what happened in the bet and maybe get some comments from those involved. So if anyone has a bet that they'd like featured, just let me know and we'll set something up. So first up, this is one that I think was referenced in one of the off-season EEIG Jeopardy rounds. But uh, just to set the stage, we're taking it all the way back to December 31st, 2007, New Year's Eve. Uh, we were all hanging out. I think it was me, Eric, Spencer, and Ben. Does that sound right, Eric? That sounds about right. <laughs> and so this is this New Year's Eve. This is the first year of this kind of short-lived tradition where Red Bull would put on some sort of motorcycle stunt jump every year on New Year's Eve. I think they did like three or four of them. Okay. But this was the first one. It was uh, with Robbie Madison. He was attempting to break the world record for the longest motorcycle jump. So at this point, the record was 277 feet. He was going to try to jump from goal line to goal line of a football field so at least 300 feet and uh just leading up to it on the commercials and everything they were really hyping it up big time saying stuff like he's jumping over an entire football field will he do it or will he crash that kind of stuff you know and this whole time eric was sitting there just buying into the hype big time just eating it all up so <laughs> he decided to bet spencer five bucks that uh robbie would crash that he wouldn't make the jump so Spencer took the bet, <laughs> figuring, hey, if they're showing this on national TV, he must have practiced it tons of times by now and knows that he can do it, right? Which I feel like that makes sense. <laughs> so finally time comes, Robbie gets on his bike, he revs it up, he guns it, hits the ramp, and he clears it easily. Like, it was not close. He almost cleared the entire landing ramp. So <laughs> we're all sitting there laughing at Eric and giving him a hard time for it. And just to make it worse... Robbie gets back on his bike, goes back to the start, and does the jump again and clears it easily a second time. So, 
safe to say that Eric lost that one and uh, it was not particularly close. And so, yeah, we made fun of Eric for a long time after that and actually still do. So all you listeners out there, you should too. <laughs> um, and so I asked Spencer for a comment. He said, quote, LMAO, honestly, looking back, it would have been more entertaining if he crapped, but the encore nobody asked for to rub it in his face was classic. <laughs> so with that, I'll throw it back to you guys. Erickson, you got any response to that? You know, they were showing the commercials like all day on TV, and you just think of like a football field. It's just a pretty, it's a pretty large distance. Uh, it, just, it just seemed ridiculous. Not that, that large uh, of a distance. That he could have jumped on a motorcycle. Um I feel like the reason the bet I can was name made... five things bigger than a football field. All right, Connor, this is this is my time to talk, not yours. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the reason the bet was made because like every time the commercial came on, I just was always talking shit about he how he wasn't gonna make it, and then finally Spencer's just like, all right, dude, shut the hell up. Let's just bet on this shit if you don't think he's gonna make it. So uh, the bet went down. Uh, obviously, I was on the losing end. Um, I gotta say, I don't know if you're gonna say this one for another one. Probably not the most memorable bet between me and Spencer, uh, involving random something random, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely a, it's definitely a great moment Whoa. in uh, betting history. What is that a reference to? <laughs> I, I, I mean, do, I was gonna say, I feel like it'd be a, it's a pretty good story to tell if we want to do it now, but uh, we could save it for later if you want. I don't care. You want to hear a good story, Connor? Nope. All right, well, you can hear it anyway. It's yeah, okay, I want to hear it. Come on. <laughs> behind the bets version, too. All right, so this is also like when we were in high school, probably around the same time frame. Uh, Connor, do you own a Nintendo Wii? No, I wasn't gay. <laughs> so <laughs> Nintendo Wii was a hot system at the time. Uh, How is anything wrong with that, by the way? Yeah, nothing wrong with being gay. It's 2020. 2020. Uh, so Nintendo Wii was a hot system at the time, and so I think we were having a sleepover at Spencer's house. Um, again, not gay. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, and uh, it was me and Jordan and Ben. And obviously, we were going to Spencer's house. And uh, I owned a Wii. Spencer didn't. So we were, I was going to bring it over. And we were unhooking it from the TV at my house. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't need to grab. I think it was like the power cable or something like that. I was like, oh, I don't need to grab it because I had to like, get behind the TV to pull it out. I was like, you can use the GameCube one. And Spencer's got a GameCube. So we're all good. So I grabbed the rest of the cables and uh, my games and everything controllers. And we head to Spencer's house. And I get there and I'm starting to set up the uh, the Wii. And he owns the GameCube, so I grab the power cord from the GameCube and I go to plug it in and uh, it doesn't fit. And wait, you try to plug wait, you try to plug the power cord from the GameCube into, into a the Wii. Wii, yeah. And it's oh, clearly obvious... you're not an electrical engineer. <laughs> and it's obvious it's a fit. And I was like, no, dude, I know I can do this. I've done it before. I was like, I was sure that I've done it before. And Spencer was like, dude, look, it's like a square hole in the Wii. And you're trying to put a round GameCube power adapter <laughs> into the Wii. It clearly, you can't do it. And I was like, no, dude, I've done it before. And he's like, dude, I'll bet you $10 that you can't do it. And I'm like, bet, dude, I've done this shit before. It'll work. And so I go onto Spencer's computer, boot it up. I Google, like, using GameCube power cord for wii and like the first result that comes up is uh nintendo gamecube power adapter is not compatible with wii which was fairly obvious because it was two different shapes so clearly they didn't work together but i was set that it it worked because i had said that i had done it before and so i lost another bet dispenser damn i'd say it was more than fairly obvious but (laughs) yeah yeah i would say explicitly obvious absolutely well uh Thank you for that great story. I want to add something, by the way, to uh, a, rec- a couple of the, uh, the the very fun Discord chat that we've had, the gambling part. Once again, that was an idea by Hobie, a really good idea. It's been a lot of fun. For those of you who live in Oregon, which is none of you, we have something called the Oregon Scoreboard app, uh, which allows people in Oregon to bet on professional sports but not college sports. just want to actually uh, talk about a little bit of my own personal winnings. Over the last month, I have made a 6.5% return on my gambling. Nice. It's pretty solid. In the same amount of time, the Dow Jones has gone up only 2.1%. So I am getting a return three times better than the market. So hopefully by next this time next week, I will have confirmed this, but I'm planning to empty my Vanguard accounts, and I will be putting all of my long-term savings into the Oregon scoreboard app. 
Connor, can I just hand over my 401k to you and you can take care of it for me? That's true, but if you pull it out early, you're going to get, you know, some, uh, don't they penalize you if you're not 61 and a half or whatever the That's fuck true. it is? Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. They'll penalize right. me, but the, the extra gains from your bets will outweigh that easily. And we're, we're all about the gains here at the Questionable for Sunday podcast. That's true. All right, so hey, uh, coming at you next, we have a uh, recurring segment. We got Joe Knows. What does Joe know this week? Uh, well, you know, last week while Joe was stuck in that cave, he uh, knew four bets, and he ended Wait up a second. finishing. Is, is, is this a recording I'm hearing right here? Uh, just you know, we're just recapping here. Uh, oh, record. Clearly, oh, okay. the okay. cell reception in the cave was not good enough this week for Joe to send in a recording. So I'm just gonna have to read oh, off what he did. We have no me. recording this year. Oh man, hurts. Uh, but recapping last week, he went two and two. Uh, Tulane plus seven, that was a loss. Over South Carolina Vanderbilt, forty-one, that was a win. He had the Seahawks minus seven, that was a thrilling game. But Seahawks not covered game. there. And he had the Panthers plus two and a half, or money line against Atlanta. That was a nice victory. So two and two for Joe. Uh, looking at his bets this week, uh, in the NFL, he's got the Browns money line plus one thirty-five against the Steelers. He's got uh washington football team plus 125 against the giants he's taken tennessee minus three against houston and the minnesota vikings minus three and a half against uh, the good old matty ice and the falcons uh so those are his four nfl bets um he's got one bet that probably none of you are going to bet but uh, i'll say it anyway uh if you like horse racing joe is taking a futures bet in the Breeders' Cup mile, that's Mo Forza is plus 1,000, so that's 10 to 1 on uh, the site we can bet on here. And one of the sites we can bet on here in Washington, that's my bookie. So uh, that's, uh, again, probably not going to bet on it. Um, but those of you who like horse racing, Breeders' Cup mile, Mo Forza, plus 1,000. Uh, that's Joe Knows for this week. There you go. Hey, did, Joe, did Joe say anything about uh, using GameCube cables on a week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what the odds are on that one, but we may have to ask him. I hear you. Um, you guys ever uh, hung out with like horse girls? You know, like girls who like horses. Uh, no. Can't say I have. Okay, well then, never mind. Okay, well that's Joe knows uh, for the question for Sunday podcast. Thank you, Joe. Uh, next time, record that shit. I don't want to hear Eric's voice. Like I always hear Eric's voice. I want to hear your voice. Um, all right, let's talk about the waiver wire recaps uh, for week five of the NFL season. Uh, or sorry, week six. So, um, yeah, kind of an exciting week. Uh, it seemed like there were two really big pickups and everyone else just fighting over scraps uh, for defenses, which is always kind of embarrassing. Once again, the rich get richer. Jerry's Berries getting LaMichael Perrine running back for the Jets. Uh, came out that Le'Veon Bell was cut from the Jets. Uh, Jordan, how do you feel about Le'Veon Bell signing a big contract? Well, first of all, taking a year off because uh, the Steelers wouldn't give him enough guaranteed money. Going to the Jets, even though his coach said he didn't want him. Barely playing at all, being barely utilized, and now he's cut. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's been a, been a tough scene for him, but clearly he's trying to – chase a ring by going to the chiefs so we'll see if that works out for him is he actually going is that confirmed he's going to the chiefs yeah uh chef oh. reported it today so oh man okay yeah uh, that's news for me man Whew. that's actually I, i'm okay with that i'm okay with that i think yeah yeah i think i'm okay with that we'll see i think i might have that uh hilarious guy in a different league that's gonna screw me over and uh the, that's actually just gonna make the chiefs even better well shit well anyways uh jerry's berry's got michael perrine uh for 56 dollars uh I have no problem with this sizing whatsoever. The next closest was actually Eric for 22. Eric, did you really think you could get him for 22 bucks? Uh, no, I didn't think I would, but uh, you know, you never know. And that was all I was willing to spend, so that's why I bid it. There you go. Um, we also had Curtis putting in a bid for 11, and Jordan putting a bid for six dollars. What is the thought process behind a six-dollar bid? Uh, not much. I just. Uh don't have a whole lot of money left so figured why not worth a shot yeah i mean why not uh with some of the uh you know with hovey in the league you never know you might get your guy <laughs> um looking at the other big pickup we have travis fulgum wide receiver for the philadelphia eagles who had a monster week last week uh looks like joe got him for 45 dollars uh we had tristan putting him in for 40 so really good job by joe uh outbidding tristan by only five dollars 
Uh, the next closest bids were a lot lower. You had Curtis with a $13 bid. Hovey, the man himself, I got to write that down. He actually made a bid. He might be at six or seven bids this year. He only had eight last year. So uh, coming up strong with a $12 bid, not enough to get it done. Jordan, you also had a, a $6 bid. You only have $6 left of Fab Budget? <laughs> no, I got more than that. I don't know why I came up with six, but that was just uh, my and unlucky I number this week, I guess. Yeah, he also think. missed it. Uh, Tristan bid 40 for Fulham, so Joe edged him out barely there. That's what I just said, right? No, you skipped right over him and went to Curtis. Oh, okay. but... I said five over, though. Maybe I thought I did talk about the 40, but okay. Well, well Tristan, uh, for those of you who have deja vu, Tristan put in a bid for 40, which I just said, but thanks, Eric, for <laughs> making me say it twice. Uh, also, looking, it's been really tough this year with the defenses. I'm not going to lie, boys. It's been uh, – I did not think that the – like, I thought I picked a good, decent defenses at the beginning of the year. They've all sucked, so I've had to be a, a streamer. And uh, we had uh, Chris actually putting spending $9 on the Dolphins D. I actually don't mind this sizing whatsoever. Uh, the next closest bid was, uh, let's see, $5 from Spencer. I also put in a bid, I believe, for $2. Jordan, you put one in for 3 for them. They have, uh, I have no problem with that. I think they have a pretty juicy matchup this week. Yeah, they're playing the Jets. So there you go. That explains it. Uh, we Connor, also had I got a, couple a question. Other... Sure, what's up? What's your preferred sizing? Medium, I would say. All right. Same. Yeah, just about medium. So I've been watching a lot of poker videos. They always talk about <laughs> sizing. So, um, yeah, I've been having, like, I've been itching to play. That's the worst part. Like, when I lived in Arizona, I could literally just drive down the highway, like, 10 minutes, go to the Indian Reservation, and then get my ass handed to me in poker. But in uh, Portland, there's, like, no good spots around me. So I just watch videos. And, you know, they're talking about sizing. They're talking about position, you know? Anyways. So uh, the, the third, or I guess the fourth, uh, Alright, let's not just read through the whole list. I thought we were done with this shit. Let's just fucking give our best picks of the week. Jordan, isn't it always funny how, like, when I'm talking, Eric interrupts me, and then when Eric talks, I don't interrupt him? What do you mean? Oh, okay. There you go. Eric, Eric goes again, interrupting Jordan. We also had the Giants off the board for $4. We had Spencer getting Derek Carr for $3. I think that's a great pickup, by the way. I'm going to call that my best pickup of the week. Derek Carr for only $3. He's looking pretty good lately uh, with the uh, resurrection of rugs. Uh, you love to see it. Eric, what is your top pickup of the week? Uh, you know, I'm not too crazy about anything on the waiver wire week this week, but I guess I'll give it to Jerry with this pickup of Michael P. Ryan. Um, you know, who is it? Is it P. Ryan? Yeah, it is. Um, that's all right. Uh, I doubt that. That 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 cannot be true. Uh, I've heard it as P. Ryan also. That is a terrible name. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Uh, His last name's P. Ryan. All right. I think old, per. Okay, well that's ridiculous. Whatever you said is not right. But anyways, good old Michael here. Uh, I mean, who knows what the Jets are gonna do? Um, nothing they do makes sense. It would make a lot of sense for them to see like, hey, we got this young running back. We're obviously not in contention this year. Um, let's see what he has. Um, they'll probably just be like, oh, you know, we'll give it to Frank Gore um, a bunch of times so he can run for two yards of carry. But, uh, uh, you know, if the Jets come to their senses and do something smart for once, then uh, maybe P. Ryan would, uh, would get some nice run. So I, uh, I'd like Jerry taking advantage of the opportunity. I don't think he had spent any of his fab budget yet. So um, I like to pick up there. Uh, for those of you who's keeping track at home, I just checked. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan was the 13th running back drafted in the 2020 draft. Gross. All right, uh, Jordan, who's your favorite pickup of the week? I'm going with the Dolphins D by Chris for 9 bucks. 9 bucks does seem like a lot for defense, but like you said, they're playing the Jets, who've been absolute trash this year. And they also got Joe Flacco leading them this week, so that's guaranteed at least a couple of picks, right? And a couple sacks, like I can't even move. Yeah. And uh, funny story about the Dolphins, they're actually eighth uh, in scoring defense, and that's with a uh, zero score against Seattle, who have a great offense, and a negative one against Buffalo. So um, they might be matchup dependent, but they're going to be pretty solid probably this week. So good job by Chris. That's the waiver wire recap. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I really think that everyone's putting in a lot of biz this year. Uh, I really hate to see it. Seems like people are doing a good job. I wish people were doing a worse job. Yeah, All I right. gotta say, Connor, one more thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You always have to say something, though. Yeah, go, go for it. Because <laughs> we mean, definitely want to hear it. Exactly. I feel like uh, as you as we've added more spots uh, to the starting lineup and the and the uh -huh. bench, there's maybe 
from some people been like a worry of like, oh, there's not going to be any on, anyone on waivers to pick up. Really? But, uh, I feel like even last year and, and this year with another extra spot, like I feel like every week has been pretty busy with the waiver wire still. Okay. Well, thanks for that addition. <laughs> Looking at, looking for, you're probably right. I mean, it's kind of crazy, though. There's been so many people who have been drafted or injured. Uh, sorry, drafted who sucked or people who have just gotten injured. I think that, yeah, I mean, I mean, Danny Amendola is on the waiver wire right now. I'm pretty sure Carrion Johnson's on the waiver wire right now. I mean, it's uh, Chris Thompson's on the waiver wire. I know he was drafted. So it's been an interesting year. Um, and as usual, uh, Eric always has something to say. Let's look at the recent trade. We had a big old trade this week uh, by yours truly. I sent John Brown and Darius Slayton to Curtis for Mark Andrews. Um, initial impressions, you know, it'd be easy for me to talk about it. So I'm going to throw that over to Jordan. Jordan, how do you feel? What does this trade make you think about the two different teams? Uh, I mean, I, I get it. It's kind of a similar trade to what Eric and I did, but on a different scale where one guy's trading away – um, a good starter to downgrade at that position to get some extra depth elsewhere, and the other guys just doing the opposite, getting a nice upgrade. Um, in this case, I think I like your side better, Connor, but uh, I don't know. I I understand it. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. Um, I gotta be honest. I've been trying to shop some people around. I have a lot of. I've almost have too much depth, and it's good to have depth in fantasy football. But if you have too much, you're leaving that value on the bench. And uh, I was trying to get a quarterback, you know, there, there's a couple guys in the league who have multiple quarterbacks rostered. I'm not going to name any names. Uh, one of them might even have three very good quarterbacks rostered who I've been kind of talking about in the background. But unfortunately for both of us, the, the cost was just too high and I just couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, and especially when all of a sudden, every time I have an offer, uh, the return offer is for one of my best players. So that's just a tough negotiation. So I, I was like, well, if I can't get a better quarterback, and I kind of felt good about Tannehill getting 30 points last week. And I was like, let's try to upgrade tight ends. Um, I saw that Curtis had two of them, so we started talking. We were able to make something work. Uh, Eric, tell me your initial thoughts on that trade. Uh, to be honest, I was a little blown away by the trade that went down. Um, Connor, I think it's a clear and obvious win for you. I'm, I'm not going to agree with Jordan and say that it's close. Um, Curtis's team is is pretty dog shit i think that's apparent at this point um i don't see how john brown or Darius slayton make that situation much better uh they're ob they're obviously going to be starters for him but they're not going to be anything that's going to like make his team from being dog shit to less dog shit uh and for you connor it's like you gave up two. you you didn't lose much at the wide receiver position and you obviously got a nice upgrade at tight end like you're still you you gave up receivers that of like your your group that you have are towards the bottom of that group and i feel like for curtis he has a clear hole at rb2 he has like frank gore or malcolm brown as rb2 and he doesn't have many players that are valuable as far as trade assets it's like mark andrews dalvin cook lamar jackson and like cooper cup are his only players that pretty much anyone is going to want to trade for on maybe michael team. thomas i could see that michael I, thomas, I could see michael yeah. thomas trade. yeah michael thomas okay, i'll throw him in there as well yeah so those are like his only valuable players and i feel like if he's going to make a deal he should be like significantly upgrading at another position and i feel like he he downgrade obviously significantly at tight end and i wouldn't say his receivers are much better than they were before he made the deal well, I mean, that's a decent argument. I, I will say um, I think it's probably a little bit favored to me, but I don't think by much. And I think that when you look at the context of Curtis's team, I mean, just last week, uh, Debo Samuel, Scotty Miller, and Traquan Smith, who he all played, three wide receivers, all combined for only five points. Yeah. And, um, and like, excuse like... me. Excuse me. On top of that, uh, Jimmy Graham, who actually has had quite the resurgence after Nick Foles took the reins, scoring 10.8 while Mark Andrews scoring 14. I mean, he, here is a guy who had two different options at tight end. And I feel like when you typically pick someone up who's doing really well and, and in a position where you're only playing one person and you have someone who's decent in front of them, you will definitely get more value for a trade from the guy in front of them. And you take a look at Slayton. Uh, he's a top 20 wide receiver right now in scoring. I think that John Brown missed a couple weeks because of injury, but he's doing just fine. I think overall, if you look at the equation where you take the point difference between Mark Andrews and Jimmy Graham, 
versus the point difference between John Brown and Darius Slayton versus, let's say, Scotty Miller and Tracon Smith, I think that Curtis does come out ahead. I think this is a trade where both teams do benefit. Uh, but, you know, I understand you, Eric. You see a big name. You like shiny objects. You don't want to look at the stats. So uh, I see why you would say that. It's one thing. That, I mean, if you're giving up a big name, I, th I feel like you should get be getting, like, you know, a, a, a solid piece in return. Whether you say John Brown or Darius Slayton is the better player he got back in the deal, I feel like that's just not enough to be getting as the better player back. Uh, John Brown didn't play last week. I don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, it also seems odd. Curtis is already, what is he, 0-5? Like, he needs to win now. And trading for a guy who no. may not even, may not even be in his lineup this week. Um, I wholly disagree. We saw it last year with uh, the trade between Chris and Spencer. If you're at the very bottom, if you're 0-5, you're not trying to win next week. You're trying to win in seven weeks uh, in the losing playoffs so you don't make the toilet bowl. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess uh, you know, for some people here on the pod, we're not really ever worried about the toilet bowl. <laughs> because we're never going to be in it and we're never going to get last place so obviously a little bit different trade logic uh connor i'm gonna big i'm gonna big you up a little bit right now this is i this is a You're huge deal me for up? you what does that mean uh i feel like there's you know jerry is obviously a number one team but i feel like in like that two to five two to six group there's kind of there's a there's a group of teams it's not really sure how it's going to shake out at this point i feel like this trade puts you in uh in pole position to be that number two team and contend with Jerry for a title. Um, maybe. I mean, I think I still have some holes in my roster. My quarterback could obviously be better. I have Ryan Tannehill, who's been a little spotty besides last week. I, Joe Burrow's been really, really trash. And then, I, but my problem is I don't really have a lot of guys that can really go off besides Hopkins, maybe Diggs. Crowder's been a nice uh, addition this year. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see going forward. Uh, Jordan, how do you feel about Eric saying that I have the second best team in the league? I mean, I don't like it, but <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the depth piece is uh, when we get when we start getting into bye weeks and like who knows what's going to happen with COVID. Obviously, injuries have been big this year. As we get into bye weeks, and you you just look at your bench, you have guys like who are really solid who you could throw into your flex spots or your wide receiver spots. Even your running back, like Mostert, has obviously been nice this year. Mike Davis is going to lose his spot to McCaffrey, but you still have Chris Carson. Who knows what's going to happen with Cam Akers? Even James White is a fine guy to throw in in bye weeks. I really, I, it's, I don't know. I hate to be saying this, Connor. I, mm -hmm. I feel like you just look at cross across your lineup. No, keep going. Like yeah, a, I'm, I'm almost there. Keep going. You, you said quarterback, <laughs> but like between Tannehill and Burrow, I feel like you're going to get one good matchup out of those guys every week. I, I, I really like your squad moving forward. God, everyone, someone record that, man. I'm just, I, I have a big old smile on my face. This is so nice to hear from, from my second mortal enemy. I've ever, everyone knows that Chris is my mortal enemy, but my second biggest rival, Eric, obviously, cause we're co-hosts giving me praise. You know, I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to lie though. You know, I didn't start off this way. You know, I had to build it. You know, I had to really start from the ground up. Yeah. You know, I was like that girl in high school who was like unattractive and overweight and all of a sudden i get to college maybe lost a little bit of the baby fat all of a sudden puberty hit me a little late i'm looking pretty fine i'm walking around in a little tight black dress and to be honest i'm not used to all these compliments i don't know what to do with myself <laughs> okay <laughs> moving forward uh so let's talk about the picks this week uh i'm gonna go first uh because you know i'm just you know, on cloud nine eric singing my praises that doesn't always happen You'll love to see it. I'm going to take Jordan over Ben in the battle of the bros. I think that uh, Jordan has a better team this week. I also am really hoping Ben loses. He does not deserve to be 4-1. It is bullshit. Um, on this, In the same token, I'm taking Eric over Joe in the battle of the bros part two. Joe does not deserve to have, have this many goddamn wins. It's absurd. Eric has a, a pretty solid team, so I expect Eric to take the dub. I got myself over Chris, obviously. I always choose myself to win. I obviously always choose Chris to lose. I got Jerry over Hovey. Sorry, Hovey. I have McCory over Spencer. And in the the biggest nail-biter of the bunch, I predict that Curtis will beat Tristan. Um, I think that Darius Slayton is going to have a really uh, good day, a good week. Uh, that's what I'm seeing. And uh, all right, Jordan, who do you have this week? I got myself, obviously. Then I'm taking Joe, Connor, Hobie, Tristan, and McCory. You're taking Joe over Eric in the Battle of the Bros Part 2? That's correct, yeah. That is it. You'll, you'll love to see it. All right, let's go, Eric. <laughs> all right, I'm going with myself. 
over Joe and the Erickson battle. I'm taking, sorry, Joe, I'm taking Ben and the Hazari Bros battle. Uh, Connor, I think you're cruising the victory this week. I think you're going to be the top scorer this week. I just keep singing your praises and it's pissing me off, but uh, straight facts from, from your boy here. In the Toilet Bowl match, it's going to be a, a huge shithole matchup. It's going to be the two worst teams <laughs> of the week, just like it was the two worst teams last year in the Toilet Bowl. Um, but I'm giving it to Tristan the Edge here, our uh, rapper extraordinaire. And I'm taking McCory over uh, whoever he's playing. I can't remember. And, Spencer. Uh, I don't know if this is an upset since I think we all got it, but uh, give me Hovey over Jerry. I actually have Jerry over Hovey, so I think it is a little bit of an upset. Hovey is a good team, but obviously Jerry, uh, as Eric called, is a future EEIG Hall of Famer, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, Jerry's, um, Jerry's struggling with bias this week, though. True, 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 and unfortunately that's going to happen to all of us at some point. It's going to hit him a little bit harder with Kamara and Jacobs out, um, but what can you do? Speaking of Jerry, we have another uh, recurring seg- segment of Jerry's Berries, just to give a quick recap of last week. First, uh, some of his fruits. He had Ronald Jones predicted 13.6, actual market value of 15. He finished with 14. We'll call that a push. And Bad Berries, he had Todd Gurley with 15.4, actual market value of only 10 points. Todd Gurley scored 23 points, so a little uh, a little bit of a misstep by Jerry. Doesn't happen too often. In the over/under team showdown, he had Curtis Whittle projected 121 to actually score only 115, uh, but will win. Uh, Curtis scored 67.4 and lost. I'll probably call that a push because he did predict Curtis to score less than the projected points. Uh, but he did not get the victory as predicted. He, uh, he also had Tristan projected points, 106.7, actual market value, 112, with DJ Moore scoring a touchdown. He nailed that one right there. Uh, Tristan scored 132.6, outscoring his projection by almost 30 points, and DJ Moore did, in fact, catch a touchdown. Let's hear what he has on the agenda this week. All right, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Jerry's Berries. This is your host, reigning EEIG champion, but totally average Mario Kart player, Jerry! Today we're looking at week 6 fruits and bad berries. Let's get to it! First out of the gate, we have James Connor. Projected 15.2 points going up against the Browns this week, who actually have a decent run defense in terms of fantasy. The Browns are the ninth toughest against the running backs so far this season. Whoa, whoa, watch out for that banana! <laughs> Tough break, looks like a bad berry. Coming around the corner for the pass, we have Kenny Galladay. Going up against Jacksonville in their leaky secondary, Galladay has projected 12.9 points. He has exceeded 14 points in every game he's played so far this season, and I think that continues. Hey, I'll give you a boost with another fruit of the week. Matthew Stafford, his quarterback, will exceed his 19-point projection. Here I go! You know what that means. Time for the final lap. Fresh off the fruit of the week victory in week 5, Tristan is looking good. Oh no! Oh wait! What's that? It's a red shell! With some tougher matchups this week, I think he falls below his projected total of 107, making him week 6, bad berry. Here comes keeping up with the Joneses. Kyler Murray going against a weak Dallas defense, as well as good matchups across the board. Although, I must note, interesting strategy, starting two Lions running backs in his flex spots, but hey, that's why we love Spencer. I believe his team will beat the 108.6 point projection, making keeping up with the Joneses the fruit of the week. Wow, I that is another awesome Jerry's Berries. I had to mute myself. I realized I was starting to laugh too hard over <laughs> the recording. God damn, that was so good, dude. Keep up the great work. How does he do this? <laughs> I, I don't, don't know, know dude. I, 
whatever software Jerry is using, I feel like we got to get on it for questionable for Sunday. God but. damn, dude. He, dude, I, I just love it that he, he's pushing the questionable for Sunday podcast boundaries. And I just, it makes me so happy. Just a little bit of a recap. Uh, some of the fruits he has. Uh, Jerry has Kenny Galladay to uh, exceed 14 points over projected 12.9. Stafford to exceed 19 points. He's got a bad Barry. James Conner projected 15.2. Expecting to not to make that projection. In his final lap, uh, Trishan uh, is expected to drop below 107, which is below his ESPN projection. And as the fruit of the week, uh, Jerry thinks that Spencer will exceed his projected total points of 108.6. Um, can I tell a quick Mario Kart story? Totally involves people in the league. Sure. So, uh, hey, Jordan, remember how we had Mario Kart at the house? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I uh, let's just say I kind of thought I was good at Mario Kart. You know, when I was in eighth grade, I won a tournament. I beat all my idiot friends from Vancouver at it. I was like, I was so nasty, and I was like, and I was like, I'm the best Bowser player you've ever seen. Like, I'm just so good. And I would just beat the shit out of people. Oh, you're toad? Let me just run into you, make you twirl around. I remember uh, it was like one week. I think that Jerry and Ben were over at the house. And maybe we were having some beers or whatever, and all of a sudden we start playing Mario Kart. And I realized that I actually suck at Mario Kart. Yeah, it was a whole thing. You brought down, you had a trophy, a Mario Kart trophy <laughs> that you brought down, trophy. parading it around, and then you just got slaughtered. I got my shit rocked. And to be honest, it's like any normal person would probably feel embarrassed, but I thought it was hilarious. Because I was talking such a big <laughs> game. I was so confident. I went in there, and they're like, you're choosing Bowser? <laughs> like, literally out of the gate. I gave away the fact that I was a total noob by choosing Bowser, which is not obviously a competitive pick. Uh, you know, it's all right. I made worse decisions in college. Let's just say. And actually, right. that was uh, one of my other uh, behind the bets oh, features yeah? coming up. So thanks for ruining that one. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. My bad. <laughs> hey, please tell Tori again. People don't even listen to this podcast, so it's perfect. Um, okay, uh, really quickly to wrap things up, obviously, there's one reason people do listen. It's not for me or Eric, unfortunately, not for you, Jordan. It's for Tristan's diss track. Uh, we got a special diss track this week. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, give it a listen. All right, here we go. Tristan, just not holding back whatsoever, going right after Hovey. As I gotta usual. Be, as usual. Fire. Wow. I got to be honest, you know, uh, regardless of what Tristan just said, his flow is actually getting better every week. I got to be honest. I was kind of bobbing my head a little bit. Yeah, the beat is nice. And uh, I don't know if you heard he uh, had the line about MVP baseball. Uh, Connor, when you just told your story about Mario Kart, a uh, similar story here with Hove. Uh, he came back. We used to have poker nights in Hovey's garage and uh he came back from going to school in North Dakota and uh he was talking shit about how good he was in MVP baseball and on the GameCube and how he would smack everyone at school in North Dakota and then he I think he played me he beat me pretty good he played someone else he beat them 
Uh, and then Joe stepped up to the table, and uh, th I think Joe beat him like 20 to nothing or something like that. Ooh. So uh, put Hobie in his place in MVP baseball. But uh, it kind of reminded me of your Mario Kart story you had. Yeah, you know, it's, it happens to those people who are very confident. Sometimes you fall flat. Uh, quick question. Has Tristan ever met Hobie? Uh, I don't think so. Wow. Coming out of the gate. How did he know all those facts? Does anyone know? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know who Tristan's inside source was. But yeah, somebody's feeding him some dirt. He must yeah. have some pretty good knowledge. He must have some guy in the NSA who tapped Hobie's phones. He's coming out hot with some very personal and things that I didn't even know about Hobie uh, coming out very hot. But, wow, awesome distract, Tristan. Well done. Um, it's nice to see you evolving as a rapper. Um, I'm hoping, to be honest, that this doesn't just stop when the fantasy football is over. I think he might have a, a future as, uh, as a Little Bidet squirts. squirts. <laughs> I think so, too. I'm all on board. I'm buying the first album. Yes, um, sure. I'll definitely pirate the first album. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll, I'll load up the old LimeWire and give it a go. Uh, but all right, that that does a, that does it for the Questionable for Sunday podcast. Give a quick shout out, round of applause to our our guest today, Jordan Hazari. Thanks for stopping by, my man. Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. Oh, we love having you. I think you might be our most numerous host to be total, or sorry, guest. I think you've been on at least five or six times since the beginning of uh, last year. We really mm -hmm. love having you. Uh, I love the fact that you have you come in with your own segment. Um, I, I just the league participation in the podcast is going up, and unfortunately, I got to give a big shout out to my boy Amac because uh, he's the one who really made it happen. He's the one who uh, he pushed us to get better, and he loved to see it. Also, quick shout out to Hobi for submitting a uh, fab request this week. Uh, very unusual. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, all right, Eric, you have the last word. What do you want to tell the uh, two fans that we have listening right now? Uh, those, those of you who are still listening, um, I'm sorry that I wasn't able to put together a great performance last week, so you had to have Connor um, stumble his way through the show as host, but it'll all return back next week, so uh, we'll look forward to you guys listening once again. That's right. Next week, we're going back to being boring. Love to see it. All right. Good night, guys. Have a good one. Peace.